0: You're listening to the new
1: Mutual Audio Network.
0: Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. How do I'll i oh, skip ahead of it. No, I can't skip ahead. Of... All... All right, everybody, into the time machine.
2: Hey, what? Wait minute.
3: Oh, no, 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 You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return this is fade my voice out like this and cue
0: the organist. She, yeah, we are. Wait a minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Greetings, all who
4: gather here, and welcome to Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is episode 25. My name is Pete.
5: I'm Paul, and I'm Dave. The purpose of our show is to present specific episodes of our favorite old time radio series, episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series or as one of those quotable episodes that fans of old radio like to discuss either in person or like we do on social media.
1: We'll open each episode by introducing the selection, describing it briefly, and then we'll play it for you. Then we'll come back at the end and discuss it at length, each of us giving his opinion on its merits its performances,
4: or anything that stands out for us. And that's exactly what we're presenting to you. Just our opinions on whether or not it's representative of that series or if it's worthy of a place in every old-time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us, and in fact, we may not agree with each other. But we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more.
5: Now, each of us will take turns selecting a show for the discussion. Uh, Last month, it was my turn, an episode called The Anniversary Gift from the Adventures of Philip Marlowe series, in case you missed it. Uh, This month, it's both our season two finale and Pete's turn. So how are we closing out what has turned out to be a very exciting season of old-time radio discussion, Pete? Well, Dave, I'm very glad you asked me that question. It's right here in the script.
4: Ah, uh, well, that's why I'm glad. You read okay, the words good. perfectly.
5: Thank you. Thank uh, you.
4: Natch. <laughs> Natch, I'm bringing more excitement to the table with an episode of a terrific Western series called Tales of the Texas Rangers. This episode is called Living Death with film star Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson.
1: Tales of the Texas Rangers is a 20th century Western old-time radio Police Procedural Drama, It's a mouthful, which originally aired on NBC Radio from 1950 to 1952 and moved to television from 55 to 58 on
5: CBS. And so, with the caveat that this episode contains some intolerant terminology toward Latin Americans. Which we do not condone. Absolutely not. I agree. We present Living Death from October 8th, 1950, and Tales of the Texas Rangers.
4: And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency, get comfortable,
0: and listen. Transcribed.
6: Presenting Joel McRae as Jace Pearson in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, authentic stories from their official files, Texas more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Living
0: Death. It is 2 a.m. on the morning of October 3rd, 1948. A man stands in the brush on the American side of the Rio Grande, watching another man wading rapidly across the river from the
2: Mexican side.
0: Come on, come on, hurry up.
2: Say, you're green. Say, you're green. Where are
7: you? Over here. And shut up. Oh. Ah. <laughs> I almost fallen. Never away. mind. You crazy wearing a white sombrero with that moon? What is the harm, say, you're green? Nobody see Diego but you. Don't be too sure of that. Somebody followed me down here. I don't know whether I shook him or not. They bought a patrol? No. Hijacker, maybe. You got the package? You see. Right here. 20 ounces. Okay, here's your money. 200 an ounce. $4,000. Oh, gracias. will be another shipment next week. Yeah, I know. I'll meet you here again on the 12th. Same time. And be a little more... You're right, amigo. Someone does follow you. Quiet. The sound came from over there. He's moving this way. You'll have to crawl through that clearing first and the moon's right on it. You gonna use a gun? What do you think I got it for? Keep quiet. There he is, coming into the moonlight. Yeah, and he doesn't see us. Just like a sitting duck. You hit him, Senor? Yeah. It looks like I didn't hit him good
2: enough.
7: Yeah, that's better. Grab his leg, Senor. Grab I his don't... leg and get him out of this clearing into the brush. The longer it takes to find him, the better. Uh, see, uh-huh. uh, Senor Chris, uh, we shouldn't meet this place again. It will not be safe. All right, drop him here. Uh, no, we can't use this place again. It'll be too high. I must get better across the river. Where do we meet next time? Next time, use our old crossing near La us. I get lost
0: fast. The body of the slain man was discovered, but for two months there was no clue to point to his killer. And then suddenly another man was shot to death on the streets of a small town in West Texas, and Captain Stinson of the Texas Rangers radioed Ranger Jace Pearson to meet him at the county morgue. Bodies on this slab, Jace.
8: Shot right through the heart, eh, Captain? Yeah. And here's our ballistics report. Forty-five caliber slug. Look at the markings on this photo of it. Uh
3: Mm-hmm.
8: All right. Now, look at this ballistics photo. This is a report on the slug they took out of the man who was killed near the border two months ago.
3: Yeah, I see what you mean. Both slugs came from the same gun. Uh Mm-hmm. Autopsy report on this man completed yet? It's being typed up. We'll have it in a minute.
8: Clyde Mooney's waiting for it. Mooney? Oh, is he here? Yeah, I sent for both of you. Mooney worked on the border killing... Since it's tied up with his second killing, I thought you'd better tackle it together. Suits me fine. You got some special reason for wanting to see the autopsy report, Jace?
3: Yeah. Look at the body. Marks on the left forearm. Look like the kind we usually find on drug addicts. Well, we'll know in a second. Here's Clyde now.
9: Howdy, Captain. Hi, Jase.
3: Howdy, Clyde. Good to see you, boy.
9: Heard you talking as I come in, Jace. You hit it, all right. Here's the autopsy report. Man was a drug addict... He's
3: probably just as well off dead, then. Bullet ties this one right up with your border case, Clyde. Guess we're both after the same killer. Yeah.
9: I've been hunting backs for two months trying to find the man who was toting the gun those slugs came from.
3: Anything
8: else you boys want to see here? No, Captain. No,
9: Captain.
3: Well, let's get out of here, then. Any identification on this man we just saw, Captain? Not a thing. He was dressed like a hobo.
8: Doesn't fit any of the descriptions on missing persons reports, either.
3: Might help a lot if we knew who he was. I can't see this killing as a job done by a wetback. Why not,
9: Jace? It was somebody sneaking across the border. Tracks weren't clear by the time the body was found down there, but there were tracks.
8: Both your cars in back near mine? Yeah.
9: Yeah.
3: All right, Jace, go ahead with your theory. Well, a wetback sneaking into the country to earn a few dollars working is usually too poor to own a gun, unless he's carrying something across with him. You thinking of those hypo
9: marks, Jace?
3: It adds up to me. Narcotic smuggling. Might be.
9: Man who was killed in my territory could have been shot because he spotted somebody crossing with the stuff.
3: Oh, well, that's
8: possible. But how about the dead man we just left? He wasn't shot near the border.
3: It looked like he was down and out. Mm-hmm. Had the habit, but not the price. Might have tried to get some narcotics by threatening to expose the peddler. I'll buy that, Jace. How about you, Clyde?
9: Best bet I've had so far.
3: All right, Jace. Where are you planning on starting? Back along the border.
9: What, my area?
3: No, killing was made that spot too hot for them. They'll go back to some old crossing that's cooled off. I know a few, and you probably know a few.
9: Well, yeah, place west of Laredo. Then there's uh, Devil's River. That's been quiet lately.
8: Yeah, and the Castellon area and the Big Bend, up through Lajitas and Redford,
3: it's a big border. Yeah, so the sooner we get started, the more of it we can cover.
9: If you're dragging a double trailer, Jay. suppose I load my horse in with charcoal, we'll use one car. Good, let's go.
3: Mooney and I covered the old smuggler crossings one by one. But weeks passed and we hadn't found anything by the time we reached the Big Bend. We were riding the river near Lahitas.
9: Getting kind of late, Jace. We ought to make camp turn in.
3: Yeah, might as well quit this spot tomorrow.
9: Move on toward
3: Redford. There's a good campsite ahead, clearing near that clump of honey mesquite. You've got eyes like a cat. We can make radio contact when we get back to the car tomorrow. Cap may have something for us. Yeah.
9: What was it he said he'd
3: check on? Narcotic possession cases. Trying to pin down areas where the drug traffic seems to be the heaviest. man who's smuggling narcotics must be picking up for a central distributor. Could be just a small operator. Small operators. Business wouldn't warrant the risk of crossing the border. Whoever makes the pickup is working for a boss.
9: Well, why couldn't he be the distributor making his own pickup?
3: Oh, big boy would play it safe. Stick somebody else's neck out, not his own. Yeah, here we are. Ooh, ooh, Charlie.
9: Ooh, boy. <clears throat> if you want to get the bedrolls off, Jace, I'll strike a fire and get some chuck cooking. No.
3: No, let's get the fire and eat cold.
9: Why? We're moving out of here tomorrow.
3: I'd like to watch one more night. It's too quiet here. Been reports of any trouble in this section in almost three years. We haven't even spotted a wetback trail. Okay, no fire. Might as well let the horses drink before we hobble them. Come on, Charco. Come on, boy. I want to rub Charco's legs down tonight. Let your Gia's been cutting him up.
9: Yeah, I got a few nasty scratches myself. a boy. Drink up. You looking for something over there, Jace?
3: Yeah. Let the horses go for a second. Come here and bring a flashlight. What is it? Slight depressions in this mud bank. Just barely saw them. Flash the light.
9: Yeah. They were tracks, all right. Not much left, though. Something else here. A piece of paper half buried. Must have been stepped on. Hmm, brown. Looks like that... Brown stick paper they use to seal packages.
3: No. This is the kind of paper a bank uses to wrap money. Look. It traces a blue on here from an ink stamp. Yeah, can you read it? No. Maybe the lab at Austin can. Anybody who tore a band from a packet of money in this spot must have been counting it. Yeah. This isn't exactly a business neighborhood. Let's stake out, boy. We found some kind of a crossing, and it may be the one we're looking for. We didn't dare move out of the area. We took turns sleeping and keeping the horses out of sight as much as possible. At night, we crept out along the river, moving slowly under cover.
9: Five nights now, Jase. Maybe they won't cross again in the same spots.
3: I know. A mile above or below us, and we'd never even see them.
9: We found tracks in a couple of places along here, they might... One of our horses thought
3: we had something for a minute. Clyde, that isn't one of ours. It's coming from the wrong direction. Put your ear to the ground. I don't have to. I can hear him coming now. It can't be our horses. They're hobbled, and on. the one we hear is moving free. Come on. Don't show yourself on the riverside. That's where his contact will come from. Come in now. There's something moving in the water out there. It's a few hundred yards down. Our horses would have to be up the other way. We'll have to try it on foot. We haven't time to go back and get mounted. If they make a fast pass, we'll never get there in time, anyhow. We'll have to risk a little noise. That moving horse will cover our approach until he stops. Step it up.
9: The contact is across to this side by now. I can't see him out there anymore. Wait. Wait. The horse is stopping too.
7: Diego? Go oh, here, senor. Come on, give me the stuff.
9: Here's the money. They're not wasting any time, Jace. No. Let's go.
6: Get going, Diego. Run. Get a boy.
9: I'll get the one in the river, Jake. Stop that horse. Oh. Come out of that water. You get him, Clyde? Yeah. He shot at close range, Jace. I had to kill him. We've got to leave him and get after that yeah. rider. Let's get to the horses. Right. Only we've been 50 yards closer to him back
3: there, Jace. He went over the ridge up ahead. We can pick up his trail up there.
9: I could swear I hit him when I fired. I hope you did. Narcotic traffic's the filthiest thing on earth. Oh, here's the ridge, Chase. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, Chaco.
6: Boy. Yeah.
3: Look where we have to track. Mesquite mm. and greasewood. <sighs> Ground as hard as rock. Won't
9: be much of a trail here, Jace. It'll take us hours to cut back and forth looking for soft spots. Yeah, no time for that. Get off.
2: Yeah.
9: Uh, yeah. It's gonna be too bad if
3: I didn't hit him. A blood trail's our only chance. Yeah. They'll find another contact for narcotics across the border. Sure they will. Unless we get to the man we're after. He's the only one who can lead us to the ring on this side of the border. And we've got to get to him before he gets rid of that package.
6: You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Today marks our first Sunday broadcast and we sincerely hope that all our old friends who listen to us on Saturday night will be with us at this new Sunday time. Also, we extend a cordial welcome to our new listeners and hope that you'll be with us every Sunday at this time. Now we continue with tonight's case, Living Death, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers.
3: combed the ground for a blood trail, and we found it. Not much, but enough to follow. It led through the mesquite and Greasewood, but the rider knew the country. He'd been weaving through the roughest spots. He's a smart oh. one, Jace. Yeah, slowing us down all the way. He's got a good hour on us by now. And an hour is too long. He's probably just using that horse to get to a car someplace. We
9: can't waste any more time trail cutting them.
3: No. He must have headed for cover someplace to take care of that wound. General direction seems to be northeast. We'll have to gamble on it. Okay, let's ride.
9: Get up, Charlie. Get up. After
3: two miles, we reached a road and picked up the trail again. We had horse tracks to follow now, and they led to a dilapidated barn near a rundown ranch house. He was here, all right, Clyde. Blood in the hay and this torn cloth ripped a piece off his shirt to make a bandage. He knew this spot and headed right
9: for it. He must have been here before. Yeah, but we're still way behind him. Main road's only a mile or so from here. He's gotten to his car by now. The ranch house is dark. Well, let's wake him
3: up. He might have seen something or heard something.
9: We'll leave the horses
3: here. Okay.
9: This place sure has gone to seed, Jason. Yeah, it's a big house. It's falling apart. Fences, sagging, no stock. Must have been a nice ranch once, though.
3: is uh, isn't any more. Man gets his living from the earth, you'd think he'd take better care of it. Here's a house.
6: Open up. Hey, wake up in there.
2: Who is it?
6: Texas Rangers, ma'am. We'd like to talk to you.
2: Just a minute.
3: electric power line to the house, but when she opened the door, she was carrying a candle. The inside of the house was almost barren.
2: What do you want?
3: We're looking for a rider who came through here tonight. He stopped in your barn. You see or hear anything?
2: No, I didn't.
3: You rent out a horse to anybody?
2: <laughs> a horse? Range, if I had a horse, I'd have sold him for food for my kids. Mm,
3: sorry, we have to bother you, ma'am.
2: It's all right. What difference does it make?
3: You know anybody around who... Would you mind holding your candle over the mantle of this fireplace? Why? Jase. that picture. The picture was a photograph of a man. The face was younger, full, and healthier than when we'd
9: seen it last. But there was no doubt about who it had been. Jase, that's a picture of the man we saw with the cap, the body in the morgue.
2: Ma- oh, no.
9: Take it easy, man. Take it easy. <laughs> Mama, I'm sorry.
2: When? When did you say him? Oh, he can't be, Daddy. He can't be. I'm
3: afraid he is, ma'am. He'll help us a lot if you'll tell us who he was.
2: Jack Prentice. My husband. Oh, my poor kid.
3: Oh, why didn't you report him missing?
2: Because he left me two years ago. He'd sold and lost everything we owned. He was sick, half crazy, acting like a madman. I don't know why I didn't do anything. He'd never been like that before.
3: Got any idea at all what started
2: it? A friend of his. Jack was all right. He was a good husband and father till he took up with Virgil Green. Then he spent more time with him than he did with us. He must have been gambling or something. We had a good place here. Then it was all gone.
3: This isn't going to be easy to take, ma'am. Your husband wasn't a gambler. He was a drug addict.
2: Oh, oh, why didn't he tell me? I begged him to go to a doctor, but he would.
3: When did you see him last?
2: I told you, two years ago. When Virgil Green left, Jack left right after
3: him. You've seen this Virgil Green since then? No. You know where Green went after he left here?
2: No, but it must have been Chino. I got a couple of letters from Jack. Came from there. And then he stopped writing. Not even a word to his kid.
3: Ma'am, I hate to leave you like this, but we'll see if we can get you some help later on.
2: Nothing can help anymore. Not for me. But I'd beg for my kid.
3: You won't have to. You'll hear from us. Come on, Clyde. We got to get the boy who gunned her husband, Jace. We got to get more than one. We got to get them all. The whole ring. There'll be a hundred more like her husband. Dying slower and worse than he did. You think this Virgil Green is the link? It must be. It's the cards we've been playing. Jack Prentice couldn't raise money to buy from Green. Threatened to expose him and Green killed him. Then he killed a man near the border, too. Got to try to pick up Green at Chino. He knew this place... A fair bet he's the man we've been chasing. Get up, Charcoal. Oh, boy. Taking him is going to be a pleasure. We can't take him. Not until we find out if he still has that package. We better knock on these ponies until we get to our car. Yeah. Get up,
6: Charcoal.
3: Oh, we got to the car. Before we headed for Chino, I put in a phone call to Captain Stinson.
8: All right, Jace. I'll have a Ranger plane pick up that bank wrapper and send it to the lab.
3: It may be a bank in Chino.
8: Well, that fits with a few other things. My checkup shows a heavy drug traffic in and around the Chino area. And the town where Prentice was killed is only 60 miles from Chino.
3: Good. That narrows it down. Uh, See if you can dig up a Chino address on Virgil Green while we're driving up there. He's only two hours ahead of us we can burn up road, we may reach there almost as soon as he does.
6: Let you know by radio,
8: G.S. I'll head for Chino myself.
3: Thanks, Captain. We'll see you there. We were less than an hour out of Chino when our short wave came through with Green's address. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead. Address of subject, Virgil Green, is Greendale Ranch, State Highway 39, 14 miles west of Chino. Got it. Any report from Lab on bank money wrapper?
0: Stamp on money wrapper restored by Austin Lab. Money and packet came from Chino State Bank, Corner Main, and Crockett in Chino.
3: 10-4, Unit 10, clear.
0: ADXA, Austin.
3: That's all we need, Jace. Yeah. We can get Green in sight before he unloads that package. It was dark when we reached the Greendale Ranch outside of Chino. We'd made up time on Green's head start because we saw a car and horse trailer pull into the ranch just ahead of us. A man got out of the car and limped up to the house. And he was carrying a package. Walks like a man's been shot in the leg, Jace. Yeah, Don't turn in after him. Go on past the ranch. Okay.
9: Where do you want to stop? Where we can watch the house and keep the car shielded. Well, there was some heavy brush on the other side of the road just across from Green's place. All right. Turn around and go back.
3: We'll keep an eye on him from there. We Kept a watch on Green's house all night. But nobody showed to pick up the package. The next morning, Green came out and got into his car.
9: We followed him into Chino. He's pulling into a parking space up near the next corner, Jace. Yeah, slow down. He's getting out. He's got the package, all right, sticking out of his pocket.
3: Park here, quick. He's going into that building on the corner. Come on, before we lose him. Hey, street sign, Maine and Crockett.
9: And he went in there, Jace. Chino State Bank. That's where the money wrapper came from.
3: Don't go in. Just walk around the corner. We can look through the bank windows. There he is, Jace. Last counter, the rear of the bank. Safe deposit boxes. Going through the rail into the vault. Must have a box he's going to plant the stuff in. We're going to grab him? No. Wayley comes out. But he won't have it on him then. we got enough on him. We can pick him up anytime you got to stay with that package until we know who gets it next. Hey, he wasn't in there long. He's coming out. The package isn't in his pocket now. All right, get out of sight, there. He was in there just long enough to open
9: up the box and drop it.
3: Yeah, you've seen the package now. Drift around to the front of the bank. See that nobody leaves that vault with it unless you follow him. Okay, where are you going? To meet the captain and get a court order to open that vault. We got the order. Then we waited until the bank closed and the employees were out. We got the president of the bank at his home and took him back to open
0: the vault. Narcotics, eh? Uh, most distressing, gentlemen. Oh, come in, please. All right. Which box is green?
9: 421, right here.
3: Wanna open it for us? Why, of course.
0: See? It's, oh. it's empty. Now, couldn't you have made a mistake, Ranger?
3: No. Why, are you sure that package wasn't taken out?
9: Positive, Jace. I watched every single person went in or out till the bank closed. Our
3: order covers the rest of these boxes, doesn't it, Captain? Yes. All right. Let's open them all. We found what we were after. But not the way we expected to find it. The stuff was there, all right. But it had been split up into smaller quantities. Owners of these boxes must be names you have on your list of dope peddlers then, Captain.
8: I'll check that on the bank
3: records.
9: Yeah, but how'd this stuff get split up? Green wasn't in here long enough to do it. No, he couldn't have done it. His key would only give him access to his own box.
3: They have to be done by somebody with a set of duplicate keys. Somebody working here.
9: Well, that's impossible. Only the head cashier and I have duplicate keys.
3: Were you in the vault after the bank closed?
0: No, sir. I haven't been in here all day.
3: That's truth, Jace. I could see him through the window. And then the head cashier's our boy. He's the distributor.
8: And a pretty clever distribution scheme, too. No direct contact, and he has access to the vault after the
3: guard has left. If he's handled those packets, there'll be fingerprints on them. What's his name and where does he live?
9: His name is August Weber. He's got a big ranch over near Estrella on Highway 39. And I know how he got it now. He said he was making
0: money on investments.
3: Investments? He meant a black market in human souls. Come on, Clyde. Let's get him and Virgil Green. We found the house. An elaborate building on a fine ranch. There was another car in the driveway when we pulled up.
9: Hey, Jace. That car in front of the place. Yeah, we're in luck. It's the car Virgil Green was driving. Light around the side of the house by that French door. Maybe they didn't hear
3: us drive in. Good. Good. Let's slip up on that side of the porch and find out. Might be able to take him easy. Uh, Don't count on it. Cold-blooded killer like Green. He'd keep on killing as long as he has a gun. (laughs) We slipped up to the French door. It was locked and we couldn't see through it. But their voices drifted out through an open
8: window. I'm telling you, Weber, well, my leg's infected. I gotta see a doctor. Have
0: him report a bullet wound? You want me to die? I could put a bullet in you, too. Well, let me know when you want to try. I've done a little killing myself, Green. Only I've been smarter about it. Nobody's caught me yet.
3: All right, Clyde. Let's kick a hole in this door. <laughs>
6: All right, don't move. Reach Don't reach!
2: <laughs>
9: That? My, my side. You, you're hit too, Jace. Blood on your head. Yeah, just a nick. Come
3: on. I'll get you to a hospital.
9: How about. how about them?
3: Leave them for the coroner. They're both dead.
0: A gun found beside the body of Virgil Green proved to be the murder weapon the Rangers had been seeking. Narcotics peddlers having safe deposit boxes at the Chino State Bank were rounded up, and they admitted they had been supplied by August Weber. They were tried and sentenced. The traffic in living death was halted.
6: And here again is the star of our show, Joel McCrae.
3: A friend of mine returned recently from a visit to Texas. While he was there, he'd seen a Texas ranger and he asked his host, a rancher, what the requirements were for a man who wanted to be a ranger. The host looked thoughtful for a moment and said, Well, I'd say if a man could ride like a Mexican, trail like an Indian, shoot like a Tennessean, fight like the devil, he might have a chance to get in. I hope you'll be with us again next week. Same time, same
6: station. Good night. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of The Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Barney Phillips, Larry Dobkin, Byron Kane, Ken Harvey, and Lillian Byers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking.
5: Three chimes mean good times on NBC. And we're back with Old Time Radio Essentials. This is Dave with Paul and Pete. That was an episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers called Living Death, originally broadcast October 8th, 1950 on NBC Radio. Now, Pete, this was your selection for this installment. What made you choose it? I subscribe to a lot of Old
4: Time Radio uh, podcast channels, and uh, one of them, over the course of a couple of months was playing several episodes of tales of the Texas Rangers. This is over the course of the last year or so. I had never heard of it, never listened to it. So, uh, I thought I'd give it a try. I live in Texas. So why the heck not? (laughs) And I listened to the first episode and thought it was terrific. I mean, it's got Joel McRae and who doesn't like Joel McRae? He's an excellent uh, actor. He was in a lot of Westerns himself on in, in movies and I, he may have done some TV, I don't know for sure. But in this series, he is the perfect Texas Ranger. He's smart, he is uh brave, he's fearless, and he uh is fair, and he is always on the side of right in 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 terms of how this works. Now uh I like the show a lot because it's sort of a western dragnet. All of the stories as you heard at the beginning are taken from Actual case files from the Texas Rangers, <clears throat> and they changed the names and to protect, to protect the, innocent the innocent and so
5: on. Wait, no, 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 that's not what they said. I, I know it's they, not. They, it's they, not the same. It's,
4: what did they, they say, Dave?
5: Obvious reasons. I want to know what those obvious reasons are. Why they change the names, dates, and places? What What is obvious about that? Well, to protect the innocent. <laughs> but this is the audience oh. of 1950. It's like. It, I, did they?
4: It's I don't know. But Dragnet Just, was going on at the same time. I mean, they were competing with true. Dragnet and they couldn't say the same thing that Dragnet said. So I'm <laughs> sure that's why they said for obvious reasons. That might have been a tip of the lid over to Dragnet. You
5: that know, be. It, did, it actually, Dragnet started the summer before or the year before Texas Rangers came right. out. It's a, it's a derivative uh, uh, genre. I'm sorry, I interrupted.
4: No, Carry no. On. This is all part of the discussion. That's good. So uh, th- that's why I chose it. I enjoyed it. I-, I listened to quite a few episodes. I thought it would be a good thing to bring to the show so that others could could learn about it, or if they also listen and they can, you know, agree with me when I say it's a pretty good show.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I I I agree. Solid performances all the way across the board. Uh, uh really. Although I gotta say, you know, you're right. Joel McRae, great performance. Uh, but man you listen to enough old time radio especially crime old time radio uh uh all the leading men kind of start sounding the same don't they i mean there's subtle nuances but it's on the again. on the whole there's kind of that whole square jawed i've got this thing squared away i'm going to do the right thing and take care of it
4: oh i'm sure in the delivery it's similar but um I mean, you can't compare Joel McRae to, say, William Conrad, or no, you can't control, compare him to Gerald Moore of um, Adventures of Philip Marlowe. I mean, the, so if you're talking just about the square jaw delivery, yes. And the, the, yeah. and that's, that's kind of the archetype. that, that The infallible right. hero sort of
5: thing. Right. Then, yes, they are. It
1: wouldn't do much good to have, you, you know, here comes the sheriff.
5: Everybody, what's going on? That <laughs> <laughs> a very different tone. You're right. Yeah, You're exactly. Right. True. But At least solid, solid performances across the board. Excellent story. Dude. I agree. Very dragnetty, uh, but still, you know, it, I, I really appreciated the the nuances uh, of uh, bringing it down to the Texas with the horses, uh, uh, with with the t- trying to trail somebody through mesquite. It's like really that's a that's an intriguing little nuance uh uh and some some interesting terminology like we better knock on these ponies until we get to our car it's like what? knocking on ponies what is did how that you mean <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know and i i assume somebody the the writers you know authenticized that or or validated that or maybe not i don't know but it was definitely a a, a bit of local color not uh, only was that genuine frontier gibberish <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I want to see documentation on that. But I'm glad to uh, see
4: these little ones here to uh, <laughs> to witness this. Uh,
5: <laughs> um, the the horses sound effects were good. I thought they did a good job with with spatial placement when somebody's in another room or far away. You, you had that sense of distance and that you were overhearing. But other than that, the sound effects were crap, man. Uh, I, one I were the worst guns I ever heard in my worst life. Worst guns, worst fight choreography, too. The fight choreography was just chaos. You don't know what the hell's going on. Something's happening, clearly, and the screams and anguish of the wounded and dying were, were, were excruciating, but you had to wait until the dialogue afterwards to figure out what the heck happened. Yeah, who died, and, who got shot, yeah. Yeah, was, uh. and, I'm not going to fault them for that stage choreography in audio is rough and you know, they didn't dwell on it. You weren't, the the fights weren't long. Uh, it's like bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Okay. Now what happened? And they moved on. So I wasn't impressed from a technical standpoint but from a story and performance standpoint, loved it very much. I will say I was a bit taken aback by the fear driven anti-drug propaganda that was like thick as peanut butter through all of this. What drugs were they carrying across the river? Don't know. It's just narcotics. narcotics. It's narcotics. <laughs> narcotics traffic, and I quote, is the filthiest thing on earth. Really, guys? Is, 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 that's the filthiest? Holy crap. And then, and then making money in the black market of human souls. It's like... <laughs> and the last one the final thing that was a nail in on the coffin for me was i had forgotten what the name of the play was and at the end it's like the traffic of living death was ended it's like oh my god living death is narco- is drugs wow dudes seriously that just kind of knocked me off there were a couple of unusual details that kind of threw me out like at one point i think the captain says Say, boys, are both your cars parked in back with mine? And they're going, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, go ahead, uh, Jace, and Tell us your theory. It's like, did we, did we really need that line? What, what the hell was the point of that? <laughs> and and the French door at the end mentioned not once but twice, through which they see Green and his 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 accomplice. Uh, it's like. Strange, strange details that, that that came out there, but yeah, there, there were a couple of little bits, and then we, and we mentioned it earlier, the racial profiling and and the, yeah. the blatant racism. I mean, again, it's it's 1950s, but I, we we gotta call that out. We gotta acknowledge. We do. That. We do. We,
4: and, and this is. 2021, we can't say that, uh, just l- let it ride. We'll point out yeah. that it is, it made me feel uncomfortable when I heard him say wet back a couple of times. It made me feel uncomfortable at the end when he described what it takes to be a Texas Ranger. Yeah. If you can uh, track like an Indian and ride like a Mexican and all this, wh- what? Please. Yeah. yeah. So, but but he was just being just folks, you know, he, he thought it was uh, just a, a, a fun A fun description. So for the wrong
5: graphic, it was.
4: Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't carry over into the 21st century very well. Uh, No, no, no. So we call it out. It's there. We don't like it, but we learned from it. Didn't heard the rest of the story. Now I did like the wife. Her performance was very, very, very touching, uh, very heartfelt. Um, And then when he says, we're going to help you out, ma'am, you've suffered enough and we're going to get you whatever he was discussing like uh charity of some kind to help her help her kids help her it's kids too
5: late for me my life is ruined by a drug addict for my yeah. children
4: yeah but i'd beg for my kids that's right yep so paul you've been kind of quiet sorry we've been dominating this here conversation what's your opinion
1: <laughs> i just like to sit back and listen to you two it's like okay i'm having fun with this okay um It was a very good show. I liked it. And it was one of those things that, you know, I probably don't listen to nearly as much OTR as you, Pete. And if I do, it's kind of like you're listening to a Western. You're listening to sci-fi. You're listening to a murder mystery. And so this thing uh, being essentially a Western version of Dragnet and set, you know, a little bit more modern times. It's like you're listening to it at first, and the first time they go forensic evidence or something like that,
5: you're like, the-? and the lab. And
1: then, yeah, first time they mention about, well, we better put them in the trailer and get in the car. What? <laughs> it's, it, it like wakes you up. It's like, oh, that's right. It's not set in the 1830s, uh-huh. you know.
5: Yeah, it was. That was. That was. It took a little adjusting to get that yeah. that cross section of Western and modern crime.
4: Yeah. Quote unquote modern.
5: He's and what's interesting,
4: guy. if you listen to enough of these, uh, everything that they they say what year it's set in right at the very beginning, and one of the early ones I listened to was set in the twenties, and oh, wow. and then this one was set in the forties, and it's like Jace Pearson was in both of them, and it's like <laughs> how old is this guy,
5: you know? And so it's a uh, Which I remember when the... this was nothing but sagebrush. At which point we cross over into supernatural horror? Jace, Jace.
4: And Jace, is actually a vampire. It still is Sagebrush Jace.
5: Oh, sorry, I don't have my glasses on.
4: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
5: I don't
1: think they worried too much about continuity back then. No. 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 But it was, yeah. and, and it's really... not like nowadays on any of the TV shows or the movies or all that kind of stuff. The Star Wars, Star Trek, and everything, and it's all the continuity—is that canon? Canon? <laughs> I'm sorry, the only two places I know Canon from were either when they were, like I think that was the term that they used when they were originally putting together the Bible and then also uh, Robert Conrad I yeah. mean, that's the only two places William I Conrad. know Canon You know, William now, Conrad. Yeah, it's like Star Wars, did it follow Canon? What the hell are you talking about? So I don't think they worried about that too much back then oh. Well, you know, we, we set this one 20 years earlier and we got Joel doing that one too should he sound older? Ask Willet.
5: <laughs> it. It wasn't, you can't, you can't have Canon until you have internet. You know, true. the in- internet is the only thing that allows you to have documentation uh, uh, to the depth and nuance that, that only a true fan will have that you can invoke things like Canon. I think and, you
4: misspelled freak when you said fan. <laughs>
5: <laughs> hey now, hey now. Do not diss the fandom. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, but it was Star Day 42736. That if you look closely, Captain Kirk actually did have his hit on the right hand side of his face and not the left hand side of his face.
5: Okay. And 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 what you just said sounds a lot like yeah, but that was when uh, Joel McCrae was during his phase with Dragnet during the nineteen forties airstrike of of the the the, the labor union. <laughs> So no, do not do not invoke random nuanced details <laughs> as as a as a slam there, big guy. O- OTR Anorex. <laughs> we all we all have our fandoms and we all get deeply nerdy about them. So Oh I know. No, I feel the no same shame. way about
4: I feel the same way about the Marx brothers. So you know, Exactly If somebody misquotes a, a Groucho line, I'm I'm right in there to say, Oh no. That ain't what he really said. Actually,
5: and remember,
1: we're fighting for this woman's honor, which is probably more than she's ever
5: done. But seriously, folks. (laughs) All right, we're getting off topic here. That's Um, what we're here for—to get off topic. uh, (laughs) yeah Well, I'm—I'm—I think that any any of the final observations about this particular tales of the Texas Rangers before we go into voting.
4: Only that if you listen enough, you're going to hear. I mean, this this episode for me stands out in that they used the racist slurs. Um, but there's one episode I heard that uh, had this community, and they had this the blacks segregated from the whites. And um, when Jace Pearson went into this segregated community, he treated everybody with utmost respect, and there was no uh, sign of racism or or discrimination. In this script, so uh, something had happened, a a person had been killed, and he went in there and uh, solved the crime without any sort of uh, discrimination or bias or racism. So uh, this, I think, the one we heard today was kind of a standalone in terms of the uh, uh, racist comments. Okay, Okay. good. So listen more. I mean, don't be put off by this if you think that this shouldn't be... a series that you'd want to listen to because this just stands out as, as, as a rare instance
5: of that sort of talk
4: in my opinion. And
5: and trying to navigate the waters of old time radio without running into the prejudices of that era of that age is, is, is a challenge.
4: You might as well not listen if you don't think, if you
5: don't want to find it. It's 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 yeah. All right, let's vote. Now, what are we voting on? Listener? As a reminder, we are voting on one, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and B. B, yes, B, whether or not it is a standalone show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. And Pete, this was your selection baby, so you go first. What's your vote?
4: Well, I'll have to say, since I, I already mentioned that this um, the the racist talk is not common in this series, I'd have to say this is not a representative episode. Uh, the the performances, like you said, they they stand out. They're they're strong. They're very good uh, characters. Uh, no women, except for the one. I mean, it's a very male dominated uh, series. Yeah. yeah. The women are usually placed in subservient roles like the the poor wife who suffered but um this show this series belongs in your collection because it's got the strong performances from joel McCrae and from the other actors uh the captain i think is the same guy every time so he's you know he becomes a regular voice that you hear and then the other peripheral characters uh come and go but um If you like Joel McRae, if you like Westerns, if you like uh, procedurals, police procedurals set in um, the West, then I would say this does belong in your collection. Although this particular episode is not, in my opinion, a a true representative installment of the overall series.
5: Okay. Cool. For myself, uh, uh, is this episode representative? I I haven't listened to the others, as you have, Pete. Um, But I definitely get the sense, you know, if... From the broad strokes of western procedural uh, uh, all of the various dramatic elements in there i'm I'm guessing you know again uh, uh, systemic racism baked in from the era set aside I'm, I'm guessing it's probably a a, a fairly represented representative uh, element of that it definitely brought in the procedural aspects the that intersection of western and and crime fighting and, and and law enforcement. Uh I thought it did a really good job of all of that. And the performances are strong. Should it be in your collection? I'm I'm gonna say this one episode, no, probably not. But uh, uh this series I think belongs in your collection just for the fact that it demonstrates how a phenomenon like dragnet ripples out in the genre and can be picked up creatively by another storytelling narrative and continued and made unique uh, and and intriguing and engaging. So I'd say, you know, put the series in your collection, definitely. Paul, what do you think?
1: I liked it. Uh, one of the things I've... <laughs> <laughs> you like that, Pete? One of the things I've always kind of had a little bit of a problem with when it comes to the old-time Westerns is... The you you get frustrated when they catch the guy, you know, supposedly red handed and let's just string him up now and all that kind of stuff. And it's like when, you know, it's like, well, he didn't shoot him with that gun. His gun is stone cold. And this guy just got shot, you know, and to take that Western and then to add a little bit more logic and a little more science to it with the procedural Stuff. yeah you know they would take yeah. him into custody they would check the gun they would check the move stuff like that to where you have because i start getting frustrated listening to some of these old ones when they're they got the wrong guy you say a son of a bitch would a leave alone it's the other guy over there you know <laughs> and so that's what it takes. it takes me off with some of the older ones this one with the procedural they get it right more <laughs> than they did before And also, they're making, uh, how should I say, accusing less people,
4: (laughs) you know? they. Yeah, so they don't have the lynch mob coming up to the sheriff's office. (laughs) Thank you you for that intriguing
5: insight into your psychology, Paul. That was fascinating. We're (laughs) going to take him right now, Sheriff, so you just better open that door. (laughs) Help, help,
4: help. Which Uh one is going to be the first one I shoot? Oh, well, (laughs) now... uh... Him, him, (laughs)
5: Yeah. Him, <laughs> him, him, him,
1: him. Him, him, him.
5: All right. So what are you saying, Paul?
1: I'm saying I like this one. Okay. And again, whether it's representative or not, I don't know. I I haven't heard enough of these to tell you one way or the other. Okay. So I won't say it on that on that regard, but I will say that I liked it. So I'll give it a thumbs up.
5: Okay. <laughs> but, but. We're, it's not thumbs up. It's one and B, Paul. One and B. So what, then th- uh, I'll th-
1: give it an A. Find it. <laughs> I'll give it a awesome. three. <laughs> there it is. Next, we'll do binary. I'll give it a zero, one,
5: one. Oh, dude. You're going tech on us.
4: <laughs> Can I get an A.7, please? All right. Well, good. Anybody else have anything to add before we move on? No, sir. Caveats. I think we covered it. Any other caveats? (laughs) Mm, I love fresh caveat. Great. Canopies. That's different. (laughs) Canopies. Here. Canopies. Can you open (laughs) this? Canopies. Oh. It's totally. a little Three Stooges gag. Um, so we went, well, what have we talked about today? Three Stooges, Marx Brothers, Star Trek, yep. Star Wars. Yep, yep. <laughs> comic books. That. Somebody got to throw it in all. comic books. Oh, geez.
1: We're yeah. very focused. Yes, we because are. Said, we're, we know how to stay on point.
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> we stay on many points. That's, That's our charm.
0: Yes. That's what
5: they're going to say about us in the aftermath of all this. They stayed <laughs> on point. Yeah
1: we almost <laughs> talked about OTR for five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Gee.
4: <laughs> well, folks, this brings us to the end of episode 25, our season two finale, with Paul RBC, Dave Robinson, and me, Pete Lutz. We're very happy you have been with us for the past 13 episodes, and what a journey it's been, eh, Paul?
1: Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> I was just getting used to not calling the old Dave Jane When he up and quits. And now, I'm always calling the new guy Dave, too.
4: Uh, Polly, that's because the new guy's name is Dave. Yeah. Ah.
1: Well, I hope he doesn't mind, but I'd rather just call him Dave from now on.
5: Dave, is that okay with you? Dude, Dave, Jane, you know, just don't call me late for dinner. Anything to keep peace in the family, bro. Excellent, Dave. Dave,
4: may I call you Dave? <coughs> Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you may. Dave, you're a gentleman and a
5: scholar. And nobody rocks an Aloha shirt like you, man. Oh, this is true. This is true. In fact, I was walking down the street in one of my favorite Aloha shirts just the other day. And somebody walked up to me and said, I don't know why, but your shirt makes me happy. Uh-huh. And I felt like a freaking superhero. I just rode off into the sunset. My work is done here. That's awesome. Yeah, so those shirts are for. <laughs> All right. Well, what's coming up next season, Pete? Well, we don't have the entire
4: season mapped out yet, Dave, because even though you made us a beautiful Excel spreadsheet, I seem to be the only one who's bothered to make any entries on it.
5: Oh, oh, passive aggressive. Fred? Much too. Jeez.
4: <laughs> Yikes.
5: There,
1: you never told me there was going to be homework. <laughs> <laughs> right,
5: my, my dog ate
4: this. My dog ate it. My dog ate it. <laughs> so. <laughs>
5: That's
4: it. By looking at this spreadsheet, I can see that when we come back from our hiatus, our Season 3 opener will be a hilarious double feature of The Fred Allen Show with guest star Orson Welles in both of them. Awesome. And we hope you'll join us for that, listeners, next time on Old Time Radio Essentials. Paul, Dave, tell the masses what
1: they need to know. Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on Apple or any other podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada Radio Company.
5: Is that the sound of a, sla- a, a slash? Yes. Yeah. Is that what that sounds like?
1: Okay, awesome. Well, there's a forward slash. Oh, and then there's I've a learned question mark from you guys. I'm learning so much from you guys. So from you no, guys. He, he, obviously, he never
5: watched uh, Victor oh, Borga. What's a, yes, Victor Borga. Oh, man. Dude was a master. Dude was a master. Please follow us on the Twitters at Essentials Old. If you want to suggest a future episode, and we do encourage that you please, offer please, us your suggestions, what, what, what? Please, please, please do. Oh, please, yes, please. Uh write us at pencils poised, everyone, f six point three at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, the word point, P-O-I-N-T, and the number three <laughs> at gmail.com that never gets frickin' old. Put the word essentials in the subject line if you would be so kind. I think
4: you just gave the Best recitation of my email address ever. <laughs> you don't have to do that anymore. We're just going to drop that in every time. That's Dave's recitation of the email address.
5: Good. I like that. I, I give you full licensing on that. You, I just give it to you. That's Sweet. my gift to you. <laughs> Absolutely great.
4: Remember, friends, we're always happy to hear from our listeners. And where have you been? Where have you been? We haven't heard from anybody in such a long time. We're lonely. We're over here in the Podverse lonely getting old my beard is long and gray we need old, you old sis break out the harmonica let's hear some sad tunes going along with this oh.
2: so so please
4: you know come on we're a pretty good show write to us tell us what you think gosh darn it geez <laughs> listeners
5: like desperation that's right that's, 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 i'm not desperate shut up <laughs> paul hand him a tissue would you <laughs> oh.
4: thank you tito oh oh not that oh not that nasty thing and if you didn't catch our email when dave spelled it out rewind and listen again or you want to listen again because it was beautiful
1: because that was the best one ever it was beautiful
4: (laughs) or just look for it in the show notes but you're really missing out if you don't rewind it And please remember to catch Sonic Summerstock Playhouse on the Mutual Audio Network featuring my remake of Lux Radio Theater's adaptation of the movie classic Algiers. It's in post-production as I speak, and I anticipate a July 4th release.
5: Please release me Let me go Cause I think we're at the end of our show
4: I get the feeling you guys are trying to tell me something Okay, it's time to wrap <laughs> things up Join us next time for another fun installment And our season three opener of Old Time Radio Essentials Bye-bye for now Take care guys, hope fun. Thanks for being with us all this whole time.
5: (laughs) Wait a minute. As a reminder, we are voting on... A. Whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series... And two, two. Oh, I forgot to change that. That
4: should be one and B for one B. you.
5: Yeah, one I was and gonna B. say this is what we do. I think <laughs> that breaks
4: them up every month.
5: <laughs>
4: so if you can redo that with one and B, Dave, that would be great.
5: No, no problem, Pete. I'm I'm happy to do that. Um... 63 audio.
7: This is mutual.
1: Thank you for listening to Monday Matinee right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual feeds, including Tuesday Terrors for Horror, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for Action, Adventure, Mystery, and Crime Drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for Kids and Families Alike, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week From our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network.
7: The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining
2: together.